Welcome to American Redemption, the show where the next generation of American patriots learn to fight back in America's toughest cultural battles. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the American Redemption podcast. I am Steve and back on the podcast after a singular episode hiatus that, you know, nearly like it struck me to it hurt me in my to my soul to not be with all of you. It really did. But we are back. We are so back. We've been vindicated time and time again. And I am joined by Andrew, who is a pillar of this podcast. It could not be done without him. He kept things in line in my absence, didn't let us get like deplatformed because of Tony or anything else that was said. So, Andrew, welcome to today's episode. Thanks, Steve, for that warm welcome. Yeah, I'm actually the uh, only co-host of American Redemption who has never missed an episode. Oh my, oh my, this, this is what I was worried about. Like literally the shame that like the shame (laughs) is going to be felt upon my, my bloodline for generations. Honestly, like I can't even begin to. It's okay. We won't hold it against you. And today is a extra special episode because it is Steven's birthday. Oh, a a birthday episode, a birthday episode where I acknowledge that I am just only beginning to reach my prime and the left fears this because they know I'm still ascending and we are getting, we are getting into, I mean, like, like 25 dude, like, what are you kidding? Like Napoleon like took over like Europe at like, what was he like 23, 24? Uh, I have no idea, actually. I would be surprised if he was that young, though. He was pretty young. Same with Alexander the Great. Like, that was, like, their their prime starts pretty early. So I'm saying, like, I'm starting my prime a little later, but mine's going to ascend for, you know, never peaking time and time again. Never peak. Just keep going up. Ah, yes. So today we will be talking about free speech and all that entails. This is a big topic right now in the news with everything going on over at Twitter. Elon Musk buys Twitter. He massively expands free speech on there, but it's raising a lot of questions because he has been still limiting speech. Uh, he just he's banned Kanye. He has not unbanned Alex Jones. Uh, and he has been talking about freedom of speech and why it's important, but he's also been putting a lot of limitations on it. So we're going to talk about freedom of speech, what it should be from a right-wing perspective. And then we're going to talk about some common flaws we hear uh, in people arguing about free speech. We're going to talk about some misconceptions yeah. uh, and the path, path forward for free speech in America. Ex- so. Ex- exactly. So let's start with the good that's going on, the the fact that someone who is not an absolute partisan is running <clears throat> Twitter's platform in Elon Musk uh, for his small purchase of forty four billion dollars, he gets to inherit the uh, the dumpster fire mess that is Twitter. So it's someone who is much uh, who is 
I guess, cozier or willing to entertain our ideas. But like you said, someone who's not, who does not actually believe in the American historical definition of freedom of speech. So yeah, I mean, it's tough. Elon, uh, net positive all the way. He's very good. He pretty much bought Twitter just because he cares about free speech and open discourse. He's not making money from, from Twitter, probably for maybe ever, if not for just a very long time. It's a terrible business. He's been just like cutting it to the ground. Oh, and, and I mean, it, it opened up that Twitter was, was yeah, losing like hundreds of millions to like billions of dollars with their previous platform while they were a publicly traded company, which tells you that they were being, you know, propped up by interest groups, investors, like whatever you call it. But like they were not a profitable organization, which was the, the entire like argument that was made previously. Like, oh, well, it's like a. Yeah, Twitter was a disaster. Let's come back to that first. Give us the definition of freedom of speech. The definition of freedom of speech, this is from Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the right to express information, ideas, and opinions free of government restriction based on con- based on content and subject only to reasonable livers- uh, limitations, which as the power of the government to avoid a clear and present danger – especially as guaranteed by the first and 14 amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, pretty straightforward. It's open expression, but there are limitations. And this is something that the right has been mistaken on for a long time. Uh, The right bought into this myth that there should be absolute free speech with no restrictions of any kind whatsoever, and then they, the left comes along and starts putting on restrictions. And the right's like, well, what are you doing? Well, I thought we agreed that there would be no restrictions of any kind. And the right is you know, just left sitting there in the dust wondering what happened. The truth is there has to be a standard, a standard that free speech is based off of. There are certain things that should not be said. Uh, and there are certain things that will, should always be protected. I think speech criticizing the government should always be protected, but speech inciting violence is not protected. Uh, obscenity is not protected speech. We have certain standards. So the question is not, should there be absolute free speech or should their speech be limited? The speech should be limited in certain ways. The question is what should the standards be? And the left has their standards and the right needs to have our own standards. Yeah, that's that's entirely true. And that's why I was specific when I said that Elon Musk doesn't believe in free speech under the uh, the old American traditional definition of free speech. Why do you say that? Because one, he believes that there is such a thing as hate speech, which we're going to get into what the definition of hate speech is why it doesn't exist and why it is a why it closes the gate on conversation in general it's a term used to shut down conversation whereas the difference is in actual free speech is there's speech that you hate 
that obviously on social media platforms, there's mute buttons, there's unfollow buttons, all sorts of things you can do to hide yourself from speech that you dislike. But the problem with people who don't actually believe in free speech is that they are authoritarian in the fact that they say any speech that I disagree with should not be visible for public consumption. Because the fact that more people might, not even the fact that they would, might see an idea that is opposed to my own is really a threat. And that's why all these new terms and caveats are coming out about freedom of speech that aren't actually true, authentic, like American versions of free speech. And like we said in the definition, it's subject to only reasonable limitations. These reasonable limitations were things that were against the law. You don't have the freedom of, you don't have the freedom to break the law by your speech, uh, i.e. commit violence against someone, spam pornography, because if you consider social media a public square, that's public indecency, and uh, doxing people, giving away their, their personal information. These were three caveats to free speech, which is defined in the avoid a clear and present danger. Right. So fair point. Uh, Elon gets a lot of credit, but he doesn't fully subscribe to the authentic American definition of freedom of speech. And let's talk about hate speech because that's that's probably the biggest thing where he's wrong on. There, he believes in hate speech. He thinks that's a real thing. Hate speech is a bunch of bogus. It's bonkers. Um, Stephen said it well. You said it. In our notes here, it's a communist subversive. It's a communist subversive term to end the conversation. Yeah. So, so if we go down speech. the rabbit hole of hate, I mean, there's always been pe- uh, speech that people hate throughout history. Speech that goes against narratives, goes against worldviews. Like that's always been understood. Like, but. You're allowed to have speech that people hate under free speech, but hate speech is, like you said, a subversive term where it was really popularized by uh, uh, Lenin during the uh, the Russian Revolution, and he is known as – he's quoted as saying, why should freedom of speech and freedom of press be allowed? Why should a government which is doing what it believes to be right allow itself to be criticized? Would it not allow opposition by lethal weapons? Ideas are much more fatal things than guns. Why should any man be allowed to buy a printing press and disseminate pernicious opinions calculated to embarrass the government? Vladimir Lenin. So... Yeah, so you can see the groundwork there for this idea yeah. of hate speech. He's, you know, he says right in this quote. Yeah, so this is one of the the godfathers of so the you, modern you can, uh, communist movement 
that says we shouldn't allow freedom of speech and freedom of the press because the government believes that if the government allow, believes itself to be right, which, you know, all all these far leftists, all these communists, you know, believe their cause to be to be just, even if we know it's not the case, that's their their worldview. But he says, yeah, ideas are much more fatal than guns because they allow the other side of an opinion to be the other side of an argument to be heard. And so hate speech is just basically the other side saying to you, like Andrew would say something to me and I would say, well, that's hate speech. You can't, you can't say that. That's me putting my hands up and saying that what Andrew is saying is so um, damaging or antithetical to my worldview that I have to deny him the right to, to speak in general. It's ending the conversation. It's not saying, oh, well, but if you say it's like it's speech that you hate, you can say, well, the conversation would continue. It would be like, oh, well, if, uh, if I hate that speech, I would be, well, why do you think this way? Uh, Andrew, I would like to, you know, dig further into that thought that you just had, but throwing your hands up and saying that's hate speech, it's not allowed, ends all uh, debate. And again, hate speech is relative for a lot of a lot of people, as we know in our society now, like there's a, a general accepted discourse that's currently allowed in in America, right. but what's accepted, accepted on discourse. And before this, they had a, a weaker term. They just said it's not politically correct. And that had the same intent that was to end the conversation. Now it's getting much more serious. Hate speech is one of the, basically the worst thing you can do. And in certain European countries where they, they don't have freedom of speech in any of your, any European countries, they don't have it guaranteed in their constitution. So there are people who are getting prosecuted, charged with crimes for hate speech because of things they said on Twitter. Yeah. So and I would site. say that this is something that hasn't, exactly entirely come to the u.s yet i mean people have been banned here definitely a lot more recently given the past two years i would say it entered into like overdrive with people posting stuff about election fraud vaccine hesitancy these were some of the most recent examples of you were not in line with the current government approved narrative at the time, or you were ahead of the curve by let's say two years now. And you were banned for saying all of these things in 2020. They were determined. They were determined. Yeah. So, so basically hate speech is one of the ways they are trying to restrict freedom of speech. They have a couple main tools they're using. Hate speech is one of them. Uh, and then big tech censorship is the other hate speech. I think what they kind of want to do is make it so that you could be prosecuted for hate speech because you've noticed yes. they started saying things like speech is violence. So they would prosecute it, not as speech, not as a freedom of speech issue, yes. but as like a violent crime. That might be one of their goals. It kind of goes along with um, the idea of a hate crime, which is also a, a bogus idea. Such as like, like if uh, a racist murders a black man, it doesn't matter if it was uh, done out of racism yeah, mur murder is because he like wanted his money. He hated him either way. Yeah. If you murder someone, you hate them. 
you have to hate someone to murder them. It doesn't matter if they hated them because they were black or whatever. It's, yeah, it's adding to the uh, adding layers to the to the the victim hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That's exactly it. It's just yeah. trying to make. And so to continue with the uh, uh, Lenin quotes about hate speech, he says, "The art of any propagandist and agitator." consists in his ability to find the best means of influencing any given audience by presenting a definite truth in such a way as to make it most convincing, most easily to digest, most graphic, and most strongly impressive. This is to say, the the line right there, by presenting a definite truth. So if you oppose this statement, which I said is the the truth, you are you are hate, hateful. And this is Clear as day in the, uh, the the modern American left movement, which is everyone says they have uh, my truth. So if you uh, if you have a different different worldview from uh, someone else's truth, that is considered hate speech. So you're you're giving a definitive hard line. This is the way things are, and if you have a difference of Opinion again. It's a uh, it's a bludgeon just beating you over the head. That you can't oppose this without being uh, a hateful individual. A uh, again, it's 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 framing the argument as that there's only one solution to this uh, this problem, and we've run into this uh, time and time again with uh, you know the most recent uh, banning of. Uh, of Ye, uh, formerly known as Kanye West, and um, Alex Jones being kicked off the of platforms because whether you you believe they're they're right or wrong, the 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 fact is that there's only one way of viewing all of the narratives that they've uh, that they've questioned. So it's no longer oh, should we hear what they have to say? It's no, these are. Uh, hateful individuals for having the opinion that they have. And it's usually over an event that is uh, very graphic, very dramatic. Uh, Again, it's what Lenin says in his speech, most easy to digest, like the Alex Jones uh, Sandy Hook situation. That's not to say that he was 100% wrong in saying that uh, those things – didn't happen to the families that he was uh, claiming. But it, it is to say that, again, he's not the one that committed a mass atrocity against the children of those families. He was simply asking questions about it, all be like very like hard and in in almost like personal questions. And he did ultimately get sued for defamation over this, but it was almost pushing the crime of the assailant like onto Alex Jones for simply having questions about the the the, the narrative. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I the, then, then, the actually assa- then the actual assailant himself. The public for questioning it than the actual shooter. Like, and, yeah, I don't think anybody knows the name and, of the shooter. And that's the thing. And I would say with the, with the, the yay situation – it's a little bit different because it's very common common practice to care to characterize any like atrocity or 
genocide or any horrible event like in America in the modern times to something that um, that Hitler did. So I don't think that uh, Ye is quite demonized at this point as bad as as Hitler is. But I mean that that is the argument that they're they're making for him questioning a uh, an approved narrative. They they kicked him off of Twitter for incitement of incitement of violence because they're saying that the fact that he even brought these things up is violent and traumatic to uh, to people and that's the the route that we're we're going down yeah all right now to go back to uh, Twitter under Elon pretty good stuff for the most part. Uh, like you, you saw, he released the Twitter files exposing DNC corruption. That was huge. He basically, for those who didn't see it, they released all these documents from inside Twitter's internal system, basically showing emails where somebody from Joe Biden's campaign team would email Twitter and say, hey, can you take down these posts? We don't like them. And Twitter would do it. And they censored that Hunter, the Hunter Biden story because they were asked to. Very bad stuff. So now Twitter has been exposed. Elon has exposed a lot of corruption. Great work. Uh, it's much more open. He's gotten rid of a lot of spam bots. He's letting a lot of right-wing accounts that were banned back on the platform. Uh, but banning Kanye, not okay. Keeping Alex Jones banned, not okay. Uh, and I think really it just comes down to the money or either the money or just keeping, he's trying to get the, as much as he can out of Twitter because he's trying to get 80% of the value that Twitter could possibly have. What I mean is if he made Twitter, the app store, open, yeah. they would just ban it. They would take it off the app store. They would, all the advertisers would leave. It would be as good as not having Twitter at all. This is what's happened to the other free speech, free speech platforms that have come out. So Elon has seen that and he's trying to walk the line where he can still keep it as open as possible, but not have it taken off the app store. So maybe I feel like Elon probably wouldn't want to ban Kanye and would probably be fine with having Alex Jones on if it were totally up to him. He has to be very pragmatic here. He's trying to keep the platform. Yeah, and, and open again, and mostly. Yeah, free. and no, go ahead. That's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, we can criticize him for not doing everything by the free speech book that we would like, but I, I can understand where he's coming from. Not get, getting kicked off the App Store would be the worst thing that could happen for Twitter. So he's walking a fine line. But while we, we can acknowledge that he's in a tough spot, there is still something that should be criticized. We'll break down this new phrase that a lot of people in the uh, right-wing and libertarian world yeah, are saying. And- saying. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach. So there's a new saying out there basically saying that, sure, people can say whatever they want, but we don't have to let it get out there. It's kind of the, if it's not able to be if the speech is not able to be 
Yeah, it, it's it's world. it's it's worthless. It, it's it's saying like, oh, you can say whatever you want, like in in your like in the the comforts of your own home, but that's not where how ideas are are put out there in our society. If you can only like have conversations with people like by pulling someone aside and like having like a little like whisper with them, that's not really that isn't that that is not free speech. That's a society where you're afraid to express your opinion publicly because of the uh, the the ramifications that are going to come come with it, whether it be financial ruin or yeah. And you and uh, a lot of these things that the right were banned for in the last two years, like the under Biden story, like vaccine hesitancy, like COVID criticism, like criticism of, of Dr. Fauci. These were all. So freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach was tweeted by Elon. And this is his new push to uh, show people that he's playing both sides. And he was putting out that only like 1% of, I guess, posts that were considered like hate speech were getting like solid, like, traction he, he made this post a, a little a little while ago saying that like hate speech is down on the platform like altogether but we already discussed that hate speech isn't a thing and it's a subversive tactic tactic uh, tactic excuse me and it's all relative to the, the the different groups. I mean, the the right has a much higher tolerance of the allowance of speech than the uh, the left does. Whereas the left would qualify hate speech as you know not not affirming some someone's gender identity or not believing the you know the current thing that is the government narrative at the time. Or they would call it misinformation. Misinformation is it's misinformation. Like oh, like not wanting to get like the the vaccine isn't isn't hate speech, but it's it's misinformation is kind of a lesser uh, like it's a it's a less it's a lesser lesser sin. Yeah, but hate speech is like immediate ban. Like misinformation is exactly this. Freedom yeah. of speech does not mean re- free- freedom of reach. Which means, yeah, why have free speech at all if you can't reach anybody with what you say? And this does this is the justification of shadow banning. If something is considered not in the mainstream realm of acceptable thought, it should be suppressed. And again, if Twitter is being a if Elon is being a nonpartisan actor and a neutral arbiter of the information that individuals are posting on his platform, this should not be a thing. If someone posts something that's controversial and if enough people like it and repost it and share it, like their algorithm should not uh, basically have a backdoor to, uh, to suppress this if it has any like particular word or any particular phrase like acknowledging that they have these like back doors to have it not reach people 
is saying like, yeah, they have a, uh, a laundry list of naughty words that you're not allowed to say. And that's not that, that, that is not uh, free speech. And yeah, like we, like we talked about everyone that was banned for the last two years for saying all of the things that got people shadow banned fall directly under this, uh, definition and Elon was tweeted as saying, yeah, positive tweets should get more impressions than negative tweets. And that sounds, yeah, it sounds, it sounds nice, but I think it's a pretty silly idea as well. Um, I mean, what about criticism of the government or uh, criticism of some kind of corporation? These are necessary forms of speech, but they're not positive. They're, they're, they have to be negative. Yes. It, it, so he uh, wants Twitter to just be all like, I don't know, lovey-dovey, peaceful for everyone. But that's not what real discourse is. There's going to be positive. Yeah. I mean, he wants to, like he said, he wants so to make like 80% of the people, people like we're kind of happy. Bit, and, but. you know, like that, that sounds great and good at all, good and all. But like the debates will always happen on the, uh, the fringes to really like, you know, it's like a tug of war to pull the uh, the rope one way or pull the rope uh, another way based on the, the complexity and the accuracy of their uh, yeah. of their argument. So be careful for anyone who says this term freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach because it's a less subversive term uh, from than hate speech. But it's it's ultimately saying, oh, well, we shouldn't ban these people entirely and like banish them from the public sphere. But we should give them as little attention as possible. But they're also taking action on it. If they wanted to give them as little attention as possible and still be about free speech, you could recommend people unfollow this person or, you know actually debate their ideas um, head on and disprove what they have to say. But they almost feel that if you engage with these, you know, people who have incorrect or, or backwards ideas, they're like legitimizing them. And that's not the, that's not the case. Like, you know, if you actually have the, uh, the truth on your side, like what is there to, to worry about debating? And so, yeah, we, we have to we, we very much have to be careful with those who are in, uh, I guess, our side or who uh, are willing to hear out our ideas who believe in in this term because they're not really they're not really pro free speech. They're pro like they're pro acceptable speech. Yeah, that's not the same thing to be pro free speech. You have to be allowed with some stuff you'll disagree with that's not the same as as wanting to allow just terrible awful like obscene things you're not allowing that you're just acknowledging that there will be things you disagree with and that's the price you pay for having free speech yeah i think uh all right that's all i have steve this was and will continue to be an important topic because i think this isn't the end of the uh, the the free speech uh, saga. I I worry I worry about the uh, right wing libertarian movement becoming too co- be- becoming 
too cozy with this uh, idea and maybe, you know, passing legislation or agreeing with uh, the left and uh, liberals on what we should moderate online. I think the current people that are running the show, if they would suggest some kind of legislation of like section like 230 or like content moderation, I do not believe it would be uh, favorable to us. So that's something we should uh, be on the lookout for. And again, as long as there's the the spirit of free men, there's going to be this uh, this debate like the uh, the suppression does not ignore the fact that we are owed the right to speak freely. These aren't rights that are – our rights aren't given to us by, by the government. They are given to us as inalienable by almighty God and currently the government and Twitter and all these apparatuses as we clearly see by the Twitter files and all these other uh, events that are happening are in the way. But that doesn't mean we – we stop and, you know, not push for our right to uh, say things that are inconvenient to them. You know, that this is only a reason to uh, keep going. I mean, speech has made martyrs all throughout history. And obviously, the most famous and most notable person who was persecuted for speech was, uh, was our Savior, Jesus Christ. It, it is it is very much a uh, a free speech issue, and again, he goes before Pontius Pilate, That's and he true. said, "That's a free speech." I issue. find no wrong in this man. He is oh, he he has he has uh, spoken. I I've only seen him to speak the truth. I uh, shall I release him to you, and then you know what? The crowd turns on him. You know, says no, we want Barabbas, and they release him, and you know the rest is uh, history. You know, as it as it is written but yeah it's a tale as as long as 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 old as time and it's going to continue way after us but we have to be correct on our messaging and now our call to action share this with somebody explain the the history of hate speech why it doesn't exist explain yeah, you, you have you have to know the history uh, behind it and how repressive regimes have always used these terms loosely to shut down their their opposition. Again, hate speech is just shutting down the conversation because it's outside of that person's like acceptable realm of of thought. So you just have to to get that to them off the bat, and then. Explain to someone why uh, freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach is also an incorrect saying and justifies suppressing content that would otherwise be received positively. The, uh, The Christmas episode will be dropping soon. Literally the best episode of the year. You know it. I know it. Andrew knows it. Stay tuned for it. Very exciting. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time.